Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Wars. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Ahsoka, Season 1, Episode 3, Part 3, Time to Fly. Uh, Aaron, I can only presume it's time to fly because that's what they do through 99% of this episode. <laughs> yeah. In various ways. What'd you think? Man... I, so this felt so much like a jukebox Star Wars episode. <laughs> like, is I there kept expecting s- to see Luke Skywalker come out and say, "Hey, that's my move." Yeah, no, seriously, is there a single mm-hmm. new idea or even sequence of visuals or like anything other than Ahsoka being outside of a starship deflecting, which I think was used in the EU by like Luke and Mara Jade, uh, which is absolutely absurd uh it, t- to me the the star whales are new so that was kind of cool but at, to people who've seen rebels they're not new right 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 and they were injured that's the shit when i'm like oh cthulhu monsters when i saw them in the hyperspace of last season amando um that's that's yeah they're, they're, they're yeah so the fucking space whales are here to stay yeah, I I mean, and the, there's probably some charms here for people that are huge Rebel fans. Like, oh yeah, but like you know, this this obvious fan service I don't get. Like when some green haired kid comes bouncing in, it's like, hey mom, I want to be a Jedi. It's clearly just whole history there with her having a husband who was a main character, and he was the Jedi Master of uh, Ezra, and they had a child, and it's like, but me, it's like it's yeah. just some random green haired kid ran in and said, hey, look at me. So I didn't think, mm-hmm. I, and the the thing I can say about this episode is it's mercifully short. It's like way less than thirty minutes by the time you back out the absurdly long credit sequence, uh, and then the international titles, and then the previously ons. Like I don't know that this is like a twenty five minute episode, but they clearly. It's one of those things where it feels to me where if they did the next episode with the plot, they'd have an hour and a half episode. Mm-hmm. and they didn't have anything to do but get them from point A to point B and tell a little bit of world build. But even then, it's like, oh, wow, a new Republic senator who's kind of like a Imperial uh, uh, shifting sympathies. Jeez, Louise, I've, I've never fucking hated a Boffin senator like that before. Like, it's just... Sure. Like I said, it just feels like Filoni. And we got some feedback on this. We actually got some really thoughtful feedback um, by a 23-year-old Star Wars fan that I want to read. But this is the kind of thing I'm a f- I'm that's like I guess the worst case for Filoni instead of a guy who you know I'm, I'm I just always compare it to the Marvel side of things where it's like you got guy like Kevin Feige Feige who not only is a scholar of these works and has a deep affection for it but also has an eye an eye towards like how can I fit all of the best of the last 30, 40 years in like a sequential building order and with like a different, and I just don't still to this day, if this is, if, if Favreau and Filoni are the future of star Wars, I don't know that it's a super bright future because I've yet to see them do. And this is Filoni's you know, supposedly magnum opus character. So it's like, uh, this episode felt like it was it was aiming for Mando and was like dipping to Boba Book of Boba levels to me. What did you think of it? Uh, look, I really don't like Book of Boba Fett. This is better than that, in my. I opinion. mean, it did it, it didn't have rainbow colored uh, lance cherry cherry paint. Yeah, cherry painted. Uh, it didn't have the mopeds. fucking power, bionic Power Rangers. Sure, right, right. Uh, 
I think it's better than that. It's not, it's not like blowing my mind or anything, but it's serviceable in the way that like half of Mando is kind of just serviceable. Um, I, I think there are some exceptionally dumb things in here. There's a lot of questions I have about uh, just canon. Like, I don't know the state of Star Wars right now, honestly. Yeah. Um, like, I'm looking at things going, I thought this was this other way. Why is this thing in here? I thought it was something else. And we'll talk about those when we get to them specifically. But some of that stuff is throwing me off and maybe, maybe making me like the episode less, but maybe not because there's not a lot going on here, right? Like half the episode is an action uh-huh. scene, which is just resolved by them hiding in the forest. Um, I, I mean, they get a little bit closer to their goal here and that's kind of, I guess a plus because a lot of the times you'd have the opposite happen in the Mandalorian yeah. where they go on a mission and it would be completely off the rails and it would just kind of lead them nowhere and maybe even get their ship destroyed, and then they'd have to find a new one, so it would prolong everything. So, I mean, they're moving the plot forward, and I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, is this doing much for me? Not really. I mean, we don't fundamentally know anything more about the state of the world than we did the last episode. We know that the yeah. the Ring of Zion, or whatever the hell it's called, it's Zion, um, is was was an incomplete structure it was going to jump to another galaxy and find thrawn and at the end of this episode mm-hmm. we know confirmed by young that <laughs> it's like the, the only uh, thing yeah. that's changed is that our main characters now know right so hopefully right. that will move us forward next episode um yeah so yeah and I, i'm with you it's not the best episode of ahsoka uh, the first two were better but we'll yeah. see how it shapes up next time all right, are we ready to get into it? I am, yeah. We're not interested in Jedi Protocol. We'll be right back. It's time for your training, Padawan. Here's more Tribe of Two. Start off with Sabine practicing her martial arts skills with Hu Yang. Uh, Luke Skywalker comes out and says... Hey, come on, guys! I'm, I did this forty years ago. Uh, no, he doesn't. Aren't you supposed she, to be wearing a white toga and tan pants for this? Like, yeah. Can we get a quipping Han Solo in the background talking about mm-hmm. blasters and lightsabers? Uh, she does all right, but she's rusty. And Ahsoka, you know, says, "Ah, your Mandalorian skills aren't enough. You gotta open yourself to the Force." And then, you know, does the Luke Skywalker thing, practices while blinded, and beats her with a stick a bunch. That's what I'm getting. This is just payback. This is torture. Yeah, if you take the scene in the Millennium Falcon with Obi-Wan and Luke Skywalker, you play it at 0.5x speed, and then you <laughs> you make Obi-Wan into the battle droid, and you give him a wooden stick. That's the scene. Uh-huh. I, and uh-huh. I'm like, while well, I was watching it, I'm like, well, surely they'll cut, like, you know, it's, it's a joke that it's like, this is how, this is all... Jedi, we saw the fucking younglings in the prequels with the goddamn blast helmets on their head, you know, dodging these things. Like, this is just like, surely we'll just, you know, diagonal slash cut wipe to the next thing. But no, we get treated to like five minutes of this thing. It's excruciating. That's the only really offensive part, because I I don't mind the callbacks, right? Like, this is a universe with with its own customs and Uh practices. And so it would make sense. A lot of people do the same things. But to see it over and over again in detail it's like mm. it's it's a little you know and there's some things that's like can get 
there's some things you have to observe for form. Like, you know, if you got a Batman movie, you're probably going to see a rose at the pavement with a string of pearls. Okay. Mm-hmm. For sure. But on the other hand, we're at, we're living in the era where it's like, do we really need to see crime alley in every fucking Batman movie? And it's gotten to yeah. be like, you, you kind of groan and roll your eyes. Star Wars is getting to that uh, pace. And it's like, you know, it's like, this is what, like, I don't know. I, I Cause like, they are telling me something that I don't know about Sabine, which is, or they're reinforcing things that I I'm appreciating about her, which is she's got a lot of, you know, she's impulsive. She's got that Mandalorian, um, not the kind of like stoic Mandalorian, but like the kind of, uh, loose cannon, uh, the, the, you know, angry Mandalorian energy. And that's not something that mixes the, the Jedi, you know, and it's, uh, Ahsoka. I, they're telling a story of like, you know, she progressively gets angry and more frustrated at her inability to block Ahsoka. And then she starts getting better at it. And Ahsoka cautions her. It's like, yeah, that's the quick way. But again, this is star Wars one oh one. So yeah. Given but, your anger, your hatred, you know, brings power. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I could say it's like, well, they're making this for like my son, except for my son's not watching this show. <laughs> so yeah. Well, because he's gr- outgrown Star Wars, uh, to, to my chagrin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was, I found it interesting that they're practicing on essentially holograms that have no mass, and so like the swings just go right through them, and they're just sort of detecting the angle of the swing, mm-hmm. uh, probably the velocity of the swing, all those sorts of things. Which I was thinking about it, that kind of makes sense with a lightsaber, although. Presumably, a lightsaber is used to fight other people with lightsabers. So you do yeah. want something to hit up against, right? But also, so. a lightsaber goes through flesh without any resistance. So mm-hmm. are they just teaching her to slaughter innocents? Like, people who yeah. can't put up a fight? <laughs> I think it's more like, it looked like it was like um, looking at her edge alignment is what I was getting at. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's something that I, I, I... Is there an edge on a lightsaber? That's I'm, what I'm saying. It's And that's where you get, you know, you can't exactly adapt one-to-one any one martial art, sword right. art to lightsabers because they're just fundamentally a different thing. And it's also like when she's, they're talking about this... Um, uh, the lightsaber kata, and she name checks Atachi, which I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's some kind of Terrace, Masters of Terrace Kasai, or whatever the hell that game was, the reference. But it's apparently this is a real-life Japanese, uh, like, legendary Japanese swordsman who's blind. Hmm. And there's a bunch okay. of legends and stories about them. They've been adapted into uh, samurai movies and uh, in, in Japan cinema. And it's just like, it's weird, Right? To have a name check from our galaxy from our time in a like if like if long if Han time ago Solo, in a galaxy far far if away. Han's, if back in the solo movie, if Han Solo is learning how to shoot his DL forty four, and Lando comes up and is like, "Let me show you the the John Wayne method." Mm-hmm. It's like the fuck, you That's know? I don't know. It is, but it's maybe they're saying it's like okay, a lot of Star Wars underlying like mysticism and sort is, is directly influenced by the East, like, you know, Eastern cinema, Eastern religions. Um, so it's like, yeah. this is, it's not like, I don't think you, you pull a hundred star Wars fans. I don't think 95 of them know. Oh yeah. Satachi is the blind swordsman of Jeff. So it's like, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, we're giving a nod to the influences and not, it shouldn't be jarring. Yeah. Potentially. I, I have some in world stuff. That's a little jarring here. Um, and maybe people who are very familiar with the latest 
you know, mm. uh, canon of Star Wars can tell me. I thought lightsabers were extremely personal to a Jedi. Like, they build their own lightsaber. They have their light, like in Full Metal Jacket. You know, this lightsaber is mine. There are many like it, but this is my own, whatever. Uh-huh. I thought I thought it was more of, of that, but I looked in the little closet here that she's got. You've got all these, you know, light emitters, hologram uh, things that Huyang's holding, and then you got three lightsabers just on a rack in that compartment. She's only got two hands, <laughs> and she uses both of them almost all the time. Is Huyang yeah, a Jedi? I, I don't know. I, I guess, like, my thought is that that's probably, like, spares or training stuff. Or... I didn't think Jedi had spare lightsabers. I thought they had I mean, their Obi-Wan lightsaber, had, and that was it. Like, had Luke's or, like, Anakin's rolling around in the chest, and he had his So this Jedi might be another equipment. Jedi's saber? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, or there might be some cheap, like, what, the, what do you give a three-year-old Padawan who wants to wave a stick around and block the stun droids, you know? Give him a wooden stick. Gonna, does he make his own fucking lightsaber off the bat, or is there like a training lightsaber? Yeah, yeah. You give her, yeah. you give her the uh, Sabine stick. All right, we're really picking the nits at this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I'm curious. Maybe this is a Rebels callback. Maybe she like, or a Clone Wars callback. Maybe she got a saber from some other Jedi that she's been holding on to. I don't know. Uh, she got uh, Obi Wan gave her all of. Uh, uh, General Grievous's supply. There you go. And she's he's the guy who can have a rack full. She's been parting them out and replacing them as uh, she's done her Jedi, but she's still got just a, <laughs> just still got a you know sure. couple hanging around. The lens gets scratched. Your lightsaber's leaning a little to the left. You just go grab one of Grievous' sabers, <laughs> swap it out. Yep. Uh, all right, let's go over to Hera meeting with uh, senators and Chancellor Mon Mothma via Hollow Zoom. She reports what happened on Corellia and says she believes that Thrawn's allies are looking for him and she wants uh, to send the fleet to Denab to investigate, but she gets denied despite, and maybe because of her personal connection to Thrawn through Ezra. And then Mon Mothma just says, give us a minute. She, she might try and convince him, but she doesn't. Yeah. Um, I... So I understand that this is the uncle of a major uh, the, the Rebels character. This and the Ono guy? He, or? Yeah, and he was always kind of like anti-rebellion, like don't get involved in that. It's, it's troublesome business. It seems like he's still... Not exactly pro. He's just he's just a shitter. Um, like, like if you're familiar with the EU, he reminds me a lot of the Borsk Failia. Uh, I think is how you pronounce is a, a Bothan who just was always there to make Princess Leia and Mon Mothma and Luke Skywalker and especially Admiral Akbar like all the all the heroes of the rebellion that we liked he was all there to like shit on them and he was the civilian and soft hands and would lie and manipulate and like it's just it's just this character in, in human form it seems. Yeah, it seems um, like an opportunist. You know, he sits back, he waits uh, to see how things are going to shake out, and then makes his move. 
And it's all this false dichotomy shit. It's just like eight-year-old writing. It's like, okay, the general comes and requests to take her fleet to investigate this thing. And apparently it's binary. You can do nothing or send the fucking Grand Republic fleet. There's no, can't dispatch a team Mm -hmm. of rebel spies, can't dispatch a a, a commando unit, can't do a droid maybe. Send a couple probe droids. It's just mm-hmm. nah. Well, fuck yeah, fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, we had some, we had the, the some Imperial sympathizers shipping off giant warp cores to God knows where. But like, it's just like, damn. Um, and it's like it didn't have to go anywhere because obviously Ahsoka's still going to go. But like, just so mm-hmm. I don't feel stupid. I just watched Andor less than a year ago. For God's sakes, it's just, it's like it's just on so. And I, I and the thing is, is like I think you can tell Andor level stories like aimed at it doesn't have to be that mature and like spy and like you know nail biting white knuckle spy thriller shit all the time it's just yeah think it mm-hmm. through yeah you just gotta take a little care with the plot I, I agree um, it, it, the one thing I guess it does do is show like Hera's sort of impatience with the process right Yeah. Um, even as a general here and I get the feeling that she's made a general and I could be very off on this because I haven't seen Rebels, but I get the feeling she's made a general because she's kind of a hero of the rebellion, right? Um, and she she ends up in her position not because she it, it, because because of like the work she did in the rebellion, not because she's good with like the official process of the New Republic. Yeah, I don't uh, recall. I, I've 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 seen a lot of art depicting her and i've never seen her wearing the like purina chuck wagon dog food symbol of the five star okay. yeah what is that it's like the purina puppy chow symbol uh on her chest so yeah she she clearly got minted as a general uh for that yeah. stuff and i think she's struggling in her new role right she wants to get shit done she thinks hey we could just do this right like what's the downside here uh but she's dealing with people who have egos. She's dealing with a process that is cumbersome, and she's just not super well suited to that. But she's way better suited to it than Sabine would be. So, so you've got like kind of degrees of tolerance of the system, I guess, in these different characters. But she's also written like a seventeen-year-old because, like, honestly, the mm-hmm. one thing she said I didn't like. It's like I think this uh, Ziono guy is an obstructionist fool. But on the other hand, like the like. How, were you in the war, Senator? Yeah, insulting him so is what? not the way to win. A, People that weren't in the war don't, don't get the don't don't get to uh, have any say on whether we get into future wars. What kind of fucked up bullshit is that? It, yeah, there, not, there's probably some history here that I'm not aware of. Um, yeah, and it's not an uncommon sentiment for veterans oh, totally, in a vicious yeah. war to express. And I understand. I'm sympathetic to why you would feel that way. But it doesn't. Win but it's argument. not a point of view I respect, and it's certainly not something I'd like to see espoused by uh, what I would call heroic figures. Yeah, I. Hmm. And especially since it backfires because they're like, you know, no, actually, we're we represent the citizens and children who don't want to get in another war and are not huh. obsessed with the fucking empire and are not have never gotten over the death of their friend that they st- and it's like, and that's the thing, she's so, so close to it, right? That like, yeah, they think this is just another attempt to go off and find. She kind of proves their point, right? Yeah, in a way. So that's, but again, let's let's. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I again, I, I, I don't know who that's is made for because it's not like it's just you. You put her in that rhetorical situation so she can fail, because I guess it's 
that's that's what they they wanted to do i don't know i just i just find yeah. it like not super interesting especially when this if you I, I guess it's like surely in a way be, becoming a five pip general some of the like anger and and impetuousness or, and and uh, whatever that her characterization of rebels would be softened it's just wild mm. that especially since it seemed like she was like the more calm or conciliatory character between the trio last episode for her just to crumble uh-huh. with like very minor pushback and so i don't know uh there's another line in here uh from one of the senators who says we have former imperials working in every level of the new republic government and everybody just kind of eyes everybody else in the room right (laughs) which yeah i I thought was kind of hilarious um (laughs) yeah especially mon mothma seems very bothered by that although she's kind of implacable it's tough to really read her um i i don't know if they're gonna make anything of that in this show i assume not i assume that's just kind of lead in for other shows that are taking that stuff more seriously right um but we'll see yeah yeah i mean maybe maybe we'll get to see this guy in uh andor and uh they'll, they'll add a whole bunch of depth to him or whatnot but uh maybe they also like she spreads this la- i also think they're not doing a good job if you are not familiar with Thrawn at all of like explaining Maybe they're going to leave that to the introduction, but it's like, I thought she was going to like sit down and tell the, the legend of Thrawn, like really put the fear of God into them about what he's right. capable of. Like, you don't understand. He's killed so many of my friends. Mm-hmm. Well, no fucking shit. He's a grand admiral. I bet he's got a body count in the millions. And you know what, Sindoma? I kind of suspect you do too. How many super <laughs> weapons have you been? Like, it's like, this is yeah. fucking like, tell, okay. Okay. So we killed a lot of rebels and like is so it's like i don't know i just kept on i'm just i'm just well, disappointed we're three it, episodes in and no fucking thrawn and it would be a good idea to start laying that foundation for the character of thrawn because aside from his just general reputation in star wars right there's nothing to make me fear him right now okay so he was a, an imperial officer way back when yeah great why is he so dangerous like uh, staring at a map right. for five minutes and playing dramatic music doesn't make me fear Thrawn. Tell me about him. Show me why I should care that Thrawn could come back. And honestly, I don't even know what characterization of Thrawn is in Rebels or the Clone Wars. Like, does he... I know he's nasty, but... Like a student of culture and art, and he uses those unique insights to break down the enemy psychologically? Like, does he have a ruthless... uh, um, alien bodyguard that's per- that, that's personally loyal to him for a bunch of bullshit reasons involving Darth Vader. Like, what of the EU grain of this, you know, what of that DNA has uh, come across intact in this uh, characterization? I don't know, and I feel like maybe it's a little bait and switch. Maybe, maybe we won't get the throne in, like, the final episode, and that'll be... Because I think I, oh, this, sure. this might just be the opening crawl for a Dave Filoni Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it's what I, I definitely expect him to slow play it for sure. Yeah, that's kind of the hallmark of, of these. But shows, you have, right? you know, you had you had 27 minute runtime. Uh, I think we could give in, you know, like a like a like a, who doesn't want to see a 60 second uh soliloquy from or monologue from uh Sindala where she just like stares into the camera as it pushes in on her face and she recounts the atrocities of Thrawn or his uh-huh. his diabolical genius or something other than 
shit yeah he's the last grand admiral it'd be a real shame if he came back and reunited uh, reunited the imperial fleet yeah 100 percent. they needed a scene like that uh mm-hmm. it, it's the only area in which i think them having rebels around as part of the story is doing them a disservice because i think they're leaning too much on that with thrawn that's having what not I'm seen it thrawn is just a name uh yeah to, i mean he's not to me because of the eu stuff but you know, Th- Thrawn even to then, anybody who didn't. hasn't seen Rebels is just a name. Yeah, and I don't even think like that was early EU. That was like the the, yeah. the, the first trilogy off it. And I think we talked about last that you're not even sure if you've read that. I don't, that was I don't think I've read whole, them all for sure. That was his whole deal. Like that was the that mm-hmm. was his the the um, well, I don't want to get into spoilers, but like yeah, that was his his big his uh, big contribution to the EU canon. Yeah, so, everything else I felt like I haven't needed the context for here. I feel like it's vital. And they're just not giving it to me. Do you know what I love though? I I love a Mon Calamari sailor standing at attention oh, in a yeah. Chris military uniform. I don't know why. I just it's, fucking love seeing a Mon Colin uniform. It's so it's it's badass. It's that orange blue, the the complementary colors of the yeah. orange and the blue. It's it's really good looking, yeah. Yeah, plus it's like I just like it's you know, I always think of Akbar. He's the old wise uh admiral. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't get enough of Moncal. I, I keep on hoping that we'll get a like a primary, you know, like a Sabine Wren type of Moncal character in one of these live action. Yeah. I really like the stuff they did. Uh, which show was it? The one where they had the Mon Calamari guy who was in love with the captain, uh, or the Mon Calamari captain who was in love with the human i can't or uh, thorian i don't know it was some it was some strange combination but they showed like the whole bridge with the water uh oh, capsule yeah. set up that was Which on mando was that? wasn't it was that on the last that's episode probably right yeah uh i really love that that's cool yeah some more more, more mon calamari please uh and then we get introduced to Hera's kid jason who says he wants to learn to be a jedi like his aunt sabine and Hera says, Did you, of course it, you do. I I honestly, when I saw this, because Jaken, Jason, however Jason, you pronounce yeah. it, that is, <laughs> that's Han Solo and Princess Leia's kid. I am, like, I, I looked, in, <laughs> in I looked name, into yeah. the Wikipedia and I'm like, jaw-dropping that they had the temerity to have a child from another hero of the rebellion and call it just like, what? They, like... That is I wild. Know. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, they they had kids, Jason and Jaina, or Jaken and Jaina, right? As I was calling them. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't. Uh, it, it, that seemed seems a little filing the serial numbers offy to me. Would you believe me if I told you that this kid was half Twilek? He didn't get any of his mom's traits except for green. Green, yeah, <laughs> which is green stupid. Hair. His hair is green, not his skin. I mean, are tails, do- are tails dominant? <laughs> are they dominant traits? Are tails hair? They're not hair. It's like I don't know. Are this area hair. of his head is. What green. are they made out of? Because if they're made out of like keratin, then I could argue that yeah, they are hair or horns. I don't think so. I mean, they blend seamlessly into the flesh. And they, they're wobbly. They're wobbly. But she's yeah, not a twi- wait. Oh no, she is a tweet. That's right. I don't know uh-huh. what the hell Ahsoka is. Um, Tortuga or something. <laughs> she's a they turtle. They called it, uh, which literally translates in basic to, <laughs> uh, to uh, to um, fancy Twi'lek. That's what it means. Uh-huh. That's what it means yeah. in basic. Yep. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I don't know how the uh, interspecies the, the the interspecies stuff works in Star Wars. In Star Trek, they always hand wave it as like all the kind of like bipedal, weird bump nose and ear species in the Milky Way are were seeded by some previous civilization. So like mm-hmm. we all have a basic kind of common genetic structure that you can have things like human uh, Vulcan hybrids. I don't know. Yeah, could you fuck a hut? What would that look like? I mean, the Twi'leks have done that too. A Wookiee? Sure. Let's get a Wookiee and a hut together. I mean, I know you can fuck anything. Hut. Can you get child? Can you get? Can you can fuck potato. Can you get child? Can you get? Can can a human oh, yeah. get a child with a with a Wookiee or a, a yeah? How's that all work? Yeah. Apparently, Twi'leks a hundred percent work. What's what's the best combination you can you can come up with? I feel like a hut is a good base as a combination. Uh, a Jawa, a Jawa on a hut. <laughs> that's the sot. That's like, um, I mean, a Chihuahua and Great Dane. Like, that, that, how does it line uh-huh. up? <laughs> There's some artificial insemination happening, but you can make it work. I mean, it's kind of like already fucked up that a hut has the hots for humanoid females. That's really weird. Uh-huh. It'd be like you or me getting a throne and chaining up a bunch of like octopus and slugs. Like, oh yeah. Bunch right. of huts. Slimy bait. I don't know. I don't know. But you should yeah. knock it till you try it. Uh, uh, not interested. Yeah. Thanks, Java. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it, it, anyway, I guess the, the the reasons people are going crazy is because this guy, this kid's father, Kanan Jarrus, as I mentioned, I probably it might be Kanan, uh, or might be Kanan, or might be Kanaya Kanane. Um, sure. He's the husband of Hera, and he mm-hmm. was, uh, my understanding, Ezra's Jedi Master, and he dies in. Uh, I watched this on YouTube. What I can only describe is an X Men to Dark Phoenix deal where he's holding back this unbelievable wall of fire with just his pure mental will while his friends can escape and he heroically is incinerated while they get away. And then... Should have had Baby Grogu on the scene. Okay, so I'm putting this together from this other, like, 30-40 minute video that explains all Filoni's stuff and, you know, record time. I think he comes back as some kind of force wolf spirit. (laughs) Force wolf? Yeah. Yeah. What? You... You transmogrify when you're a force. I mean, I guess well, you there's, could. A, there's no so reason there's you have thing. to present as young or old Anakin. You could do either, I suppose. The other thing I gathered about Ezra and his, like is that he had this like animal affinity, and there's something about the wolf because these are loth wolves, just like there's loth cats. These are all from the lot lothian, lothian. Um, so it's like maybe if you have an intense animal connection, you'll. <laughs> He'll reincarnate as a How intense is his animal. animal connection? Are we looking for other kids here? <laughs> He's out there fucking squid and, and slugs. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's Jesus. that's the strong, strongest animal connection you can you can forge. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got to move on. We got to move on. Yes, this is just for the Rebels fans, right? Yes. Yeah. This, this is my understanding of the canon. Ezra <laughs> is a slug, slug fucker. Uh, next right. scene. After the training, Ahsoka tells Sabine she did well, but she's not happy because she can't feel the Force. Ahsoka says it just takes training and tells her to start small, and Sabine practices moving a teacup with her mind, but she can't do it. Uh, I thought... Again, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not familiar with the state of Star Wars. I thought you had to be at least Force-attuned in order to wield any of the Force. I thought... 
there was a blood test you could do to count someone's midichlorians to tell whether or not they could wield the force. I didn't think it was just a matter of concentrating hard enough and training long enough. Am I crazy? Is I mean, it's entirely possible that a good chunk of Clone Wars and Rebels dealt with Dave Filoni wrestling with walking the midichlorians <laughs> back. Or Possibly. Because like, I, I, mean, I would applaud him the effort, for sure. It's my understanding Ahsoka is not what you would call a Jedi. That she was kind of like drummed out of the Jedi for some bullshit thing and when she was a Padawan and then she was cleared of whatever bullshit Jedi charges are brought against her and then Anakin offered Anakin offered to take her back on as a teacher and she's like nah fuck this I'm going my own path yeah so maybe there is you know like but it was all um, after like order 66 too because I know she fought through that part like heroically and it but was as, was by it, the was grace she, of as her a Jedi? amazing skills, yeah. Because I think that was like the ultimate thing that that uh, soured her on the Jedi. The fact that uh, it all went kaput, and her master was like the most evil Sith of the in the universe. But I, yeah, and then she it's, ran away. It's actually an open question. I had my notes. It's like, are we sure Sabine is force sensitive? Because it was kind of kerfuffle amongst fans that they were acting like she was, and like not being able to move a coffee cup. <laughs> uh huh. You know, and and you've got again, you've got a droid that's been around for twenty five thousand years of Jedi. And last year, he last week he was saying, "You are the worst I've seen in the last few hundred years." He didn't even qualify it. He's like, "You're just amongst the worst Jedi or uh, aspirants I've ever seen." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that's actually really seen everyone I, that's come to the Jedi think, Temple. It's really funny where. Sabine was kind of like, you know, being defeatist and leaning into what he was saying. And he's just like, I'm correct. That's an entire, you know, it's like this, he was just, mm-hmm. you know, not trying to soft pedal it or, uh, <laughs> cause Ahsoka's leaning hard on him. Like, you really said that to her? And he's like, well, it's true. For 25,000 years, I've been looking at Jedi. What do you know about it? Honestly, I'd be okay if they changed the, the midichlorian stuff. Cause it's, it was kind of dumb to begin with. It really removed all the mystery and, and interesting stuff. Yeah, I, from the I would love if midichlorian is seen in like IQ where it's like, yeah, it's important, but there's like other different ways that you can be attuned to the force. Like what's your emotional intelligence? What's your street smart? What's your, you know, uh, yeah. And, and I, yeah, I, I want to see cool. a street Jedi, somebody who's never studied, but just has like, <laughs> I don't know, an innate ability. What was my Jedi master? The fucking streets. <laughs> that's where I got my training. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's a hard force I, life out there. <laughs> it is a hard force life. Um I yeah, I could I could dig. I, I honestly, yes. Paint paint with more of these gray tones, Star Wars, please. Uh, and, and I think getting like the requirement of a certain level of attunement to the force out of there is is good. It's a better message than some kind of birthright thing, right? I I don't really yeah. like the that only certain people who are born special can do these things. I like that it. special blood. The people with the special blood, and they're the ones that are saving us, and we have to put our faith in them that they're right. going to do the right, right thing. And there's bad ones, but you know we got to trust the. Yeah, I don't know about that message either. Yeah, um, it's, it's it never feels good because you know I want to be a Jedi like Jason, <laughs> but I wasn't born with midichlorian counts high enough. George Lucas is just in the background like I look I was smoking weed and angry about the (laughs) Vietnam War and I'd watch a lot of Kurosawa okay okay I didn't Mm -hmm. think this all through all right (laughs) 
Well, that's what uh, Legends is for. Banish it. That's the thing. Like, if this is the guy who is going to do the second pass on the world and really, you know, kind of bring everything under some kind of stable direction, I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't well, know I like if this change. Face, if this is in fact a change, or... I like it. Okay. Uh, let's go up to the cockpit where Huyang tells Ahsoka that Sabine is completely unacceptable as a Jedi candidate. And Ahsoka doesn't want her to become a Jedi, though. She just wants her to become herself. I don't know. You're not training her to be herself. Training her to move cups and use lightsabers. She's pretty good as a Mandalorian. Be that. Yeah. Do you need another Jedi? Um, I, I, yeah. They they kind of hand waved her non-traditional Jedi status here. Um, because he Yang uh, uh, identifies that Ahsoka's not exactly walking the line as straight as she could. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're attacked by fighters. They find the Eye of Scion during this battle, which shoots a hole in their ship, and they're dead in the water. Shin, the the uh, fallen Jedi apprentice, is closing in. So Ahsoka goes out on the hole and does a lightsaber dance to distract the attackers while Sabine fixes the ship. Then they fly down to the planet where they lose their attackers amongst the star whales. I'm going to stop there for a second. Beware the Sith. We will return. Are you hearing voices too? Welcome back to Tribe of Two. So the thing... I think the only new piece of information I learned here is that Morgan and Darth Grimes don't like each other. And there's some kind of jockeying, which is weird because I thought Morgan was the leader. It seemed like that Darth mm-hmm. Swanson was subservient to her. Like mm-hmm. he is following her orders or she's paying him to be loyal to her. So I'm surprised that like his acolyte, his Padawan is uh, kind of kicking at the goads here with her, kind of antagonizing her. And it seems like yeah. Not only is she trying to antagonize her, it's successfully. Like, Morgan seems irritated and crestfallen that this young apprentice is getting her goat. But can we talk about the absurdity of this sequence? The, the lightsaber dance? Yes, please. Okay, that let's start there. <laughs> the only reason the lightsaber dance has any efficacy at all is because the Sith get crazy violence horny to kill her mm-hmm. with their starships like it's, if they just like it, it oh just the, her the jedi's over on the left wing let's shoot the right wing off they'd be yep. dead they'd be the, dead that yeah. ship was unactive no shields no engines yeah it's <laughs> so shockingly one of the stupidest things i've seen in star wars in a long time it's like, if this Asinine. was an X-Wing, it would make sense, because I would believe a Jedi could cover an X-Wing, okay? Uh, this not is, the slowest this Jedi is... in the galaxy. I mean, well, she is going to take her... <laughs> she's going to have to migrate to the other side of an X-Wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be a journey. Um, David Attenborough is going to get in on the job, start narrating it. Uh, I, I just think that, like, I don't understand why shows, and I compl- I've complained about this on several shows. It's something that came up in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's something that came up this season of Foundation, which otherwise fantastic shows. I don't understand why showrunners today tend to put the heroes in literally impossible to win situations and then have them win anyway. 
Yeah. Like, I don't believe Ahsoka and and, and Sabine are going to die. So why? So like, why bother putting them into these? Like the the way that they're going against this capital ship. These are huge turbo laser batteries. These are these things look like the size mm-hmm. of the main turbo laser batteries of a star destroyer. How many shots can Ahsoka's ship take? Yeah, and like I just see it taking so much punishment, and it's mm-hmm. a big. It's it's not small enough to fight, so it can dance around. And I'm like, why are you? Why? Why does? Why do you have to get an arbitrary distance, like to see, like what did he scan in visual range? I could mm-hmm. tell that it had an in. You know, it's like I, I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand why they had to get so close. Why the ship had to take so much punishment? Why, as soon as it got disabled, it went off their scopes? Uh yeah. I was thinking maybe their scopes don't can't get a view of the inside of their own ring, but that. I mean, World War II radar not. wouldn't have had a problem with tracking a large metal object that was fragmenting. And like, I, I yeah. And like, also, she, so it's it's floating adrift by the eye of Scion, but now Grimes comes in. It's like, you fucked up. You can't do the coup. It's, it's, you're going to have to leave it up to us. Like, why doesn't she just bring her turbolizer batteries to bear and blow Sabina? I, I, it's just like, none of this shit made sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I, I think this is a really dumb sequence. I don't know why they needed to play it this way. I really don't. So, uh, the, we got to the whales part where she loses. They go to the surface and they Because that's the other thing. It's like that's yeah. essentially the asteroid chase with the Millennium Falcon and Empire Strikes Back, except for the living whales instead of asteroids. Mm-hmm. And then they just hide in a crater. I mean, a forest, and shut down their power and their droids, just like Han Solo did. Yeah, and, it's a good move. Yeah, it's a good it's it's a good move. And uh, that's the other thing. It's like I don't know. I, I I'm willing. The thing is, is like if it was at, at the end, it's like she's like, ah, oh, I see an opening, and she just dives for the force. Like, why can't the Sith see that? Did their sensors not work through fog? Apparently not. Do their uh, sensors work less well than a fucking Airbus does right now, today? <laughs> I mean, well, it's a long time ago, you know. Uh, that's true. <laughs> they haven't they haven't developed radar. They just have hyperspace and lightsabers, but... No, it seems like it's all visual-based, right? Once they lose visuals, they've lost them. And maybe the bigger ships have some sort of better targeting capabilities, but these fighters apparently don't. Um, it's like, I that's don't recognize the, one thing, the fighters... Like, I kind of expect that. Though what I was getting at is I expect this kind of shit because, like, the language of Star Wars is very World War II, and it's naval mm-hmm. battles, and it's aerial battles, and, like, you know, it's all about if you can break it. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but it's like that was the last kind of insult on a just entire action scene that was very derivative and, to, and, and to my mind, boring because there's no stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they get it. They just break. It's like... It felt like one of those things where it could have been an arbitrary length. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the droid could have gotten a scan at any time. They could have broken visual contact whenever the animators run out of budget to make rolling whales. And then they just land on the planet and the next episode's going to start. Yeah, it suffers a little bit from that desire to get in some action uh, just wherever they can. Um, or a desire you know, to not submit a, a 12 minute episode to Disney. 
and that be too. like, this is this is our plot. Um, we need to. And, and Disney's like, are you joking? Uh, people are going to rebel if we give them this 12 minute episode. And it's like, what if I add five minutes of slow motion blind lightsaber and 10 minutes of meaningless sci-fi space action? And Disney comes back and says, you know, we really like those map scenes from episodes one and two. Could we get more of those? And they said, say less, say less, yeah, say less, done. mouse. We'll, we'll do those um, next time again. Uh, here, here's yeah. the one thing it does is it traps Ahsoka and Sabine on the planet, right? I mean, they, they, they've got Balon out there, you know, combing the woods for them, so they can't really leave. Now they're stuck on this planet with this old, you know, Jedi, or not Jedi, but uh, witches of Dathomir or whatever temple thing so they can kind of explore the space a little bit yeah and the, the other thing I don't think we talked about that I think is a because I don't know about these space whales man I don't know especially since I think it's canon that the old republic figured out how to do hyperspace by copying the hyperspace whales which I don't know ah I guess there was a fair bit of copying birds' wings and like flight and whatnot and the attempts of flight, but it just it just so it's just so weird that you didn't get to something through science, you got to it through observation of nature, which I guess is science. Anyway. Yeah. Science. It is kind of a so if you grant that it's like you got hyperspace whales, I kind of think it's a cool idea that there are certain circumstances where you can have extra galactic travel. That was one th- inter yeah, extra galactic travel. Mm-hmm. As one thing I was worried about, it's like I thought they were going to just say you can just go to extra galaxies and that would really blow up the Star Wars universe. But yeah, it yeah. seems like they're saying as there are like game trails worn from millennia of these whales migrating through the galaxy. And if you know where they are, you can navigate through them to kind of take these these hyperspace shortcuts to make mm-hmm. and it's still you have to have an enormously powerful ring with enormously powerful engines and all that kind of stuff so it's like all right yeah that that was pretty cool i actually thought that was a fun a fun new fresh star wars canon idea that i didn't find wildly offensive it does make me wonder how you know assuming they're gonna have to go to another galaxy to find thrawn here it does make me wonder how thrawn got there well he spent I, years i have the answer collecting enough hyperdrives and building a ring of his own to get him there or did he just hitch a ride on a whale I don't know maybe maybe he yeah put a tow cable on you're a whale you're actually so close and, uh, get out of here he, to, to he put a tow it. cable on a whale I, I'm, gonna, t- uh, yeah, I'm t- gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you okay this uh, is a spoiler potentially right for rebels no for Ahsoka for people who haven't oh, well, seen I mean, rebels uh, uh just so yeah do you guys i mean <laughs> i don't uh, give a shit okay you know what might. yeah fuck it this is what this podcast is going to be we yeah, might yeah. spoil rebels for you because uh, like and no one no no one has hey i need you all to take the pledge with me right now if you haven't seen rebels or clone <laughs> wars gonna... you have to pledge if you're listening to this podcast you can't watch rebels and clone wars all right all right i, I might watch them i, I have to close my ears yeah how thrawn and ezra were, la- were left or lost is that Ezra used his Jedi animal summoning Aquaman powers oh, no. to summon a pod of hyperspace whales that jumped through, I guess, Thrawn Star Destroyer, dragging portions of it in the wreckage into hyperspace where they were lost, presumed dead. How many of those whales did he have sex with on the way in? <laughs> I want to know how many have like, a Purgle human combo. How, how many? How, the, how much of a Purgle will it look like? 
I just think it's I just imagine it like going down like boys season two of the deep where he summons these uh, this giant whale and yeah. butcher just uh, power boats through it. That's what Thrawn uh-huh. tried to do. He's like, you gonna bring whales to a Star Destroyer fight? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, it's a good move. That's that's how it went. That's how the, that's how it went. The, the Purgils were summoned. To All right. Cause and K- they got the caught stampede. up in the Purgil current. They got caught up in the per- the purge current. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's stranded out there in another galaxy. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, he's presumed dead. I don't know why you're assuming uh, Ezra is alive and possibly stomping around in a, a, a fully encased Sith suit that disguises his voice as well. How, <laughs> what? Oh, I was talking about Thrawn. You're, suggest, you're suggesting such there, a thing? Stuck in no. an extra galaxy. Both of them dead. You're being reactionary. You're trying to waste you new might Republic right. funds. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh-huh. You, you know how many you know how many Wookiees don't get free school lunches when we send a Mon Calamari cruiser to another system? Eight? Seventeen. Seventeen baby Wookiees going hungry because we don't have a Mon Cal cruiser. It's a big Is that, they, they eat the, big, the, big lunches. They do. Yeah. They really do. Um Okay. <laughs> Are we done? Are we done with this episode? Uh, there's one final scene where Balon orders, you know, his guys to hunt them down in the, the forest. And that's the end. So, like I said, they're kind of stuck there. Uh, we'll see how this all plays out later. Oh, God. I forgot to mention this. And I'm probably going to get a sl- a, an onslaught of emails. As re- the Jaken kid, Jason, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Did I mention he's wearing a shoulder pad that looks just like his dad's shoulder pad armor? Like he, oh, he wore he? a very distinctive single, like on like you know, like a like a fencing pauldron on a sword arm, and uh, this kid's got the the same thing woven in his jacket. So like the the rebel fans are really enjoying that detail, and I'd be gotcha. remiss if I if I didn't include it. Um, should we do feedback? Yeah, let's. Star Wars at baldmove.com is how you send feedback. Apologize, there was like for the first six hours of the podcast being in existence, I had screwed up the redirect because it used to be Mando at Bald Move. <laughs> and that shit was bouncing. So um, I apologize if you did get a bounce and, and you still want to send it in. Uh, Star Wars at baldmove.com is working. Sadie was able to get it to work and said, just a quick note to say, you actually do know Morgan. Do you remember this? When someone prompted me, I did. No, she what? was the town ruler in episode two hundred five of the Mandalorian, where we first meet live action Ahsoka. Remember, she goes and gets that Beskin spear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so Ahsoka captures right. her, and Mando took her spear. Eventually, and that's how Grogu got his chainmail. As far as gotcha. I know, Morgan isn't in the animated series. I don't blame you for not remembering Morgan. To prepare for Ahsoka, I watched the said Mandalorian episode, but the very next day watching the premiere of Ahsoka, I thought the Morgan actress looked familiar, but couldn't for the life of me figure out what I'd seen her in and had to look up her to discover she was from Mandalorian. That's yeah. the thing. is like when someone mentioned it, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. But otherwise, mm-hmm. she was just the uh, mini boss of the week, you know? Yeah, she was in that walled off like temple looking thing. And I thought maybe she was in the Rebels, but that's just because it's I, you know, I watched that 30 minute primer and like the Witches of Dathomir had a big, big run in that series. Hmm. So I don't know if, it's, if she was name checked or not. But um, uh, next up, we have Al Shalant. And actually, we just served some dry pie because the primary contribution he uh, gave is um, giving us the final disposition of Thrawn and Ezra and Rebels. He says, uh 
Ezra used his power to summon the hyperspace traveling whales to crash in a Thrawn ship over Ezra's home planet Lothal, where the Empire had a TIE Defender factory. The space whales crashed through the bridge of Thrawn Star Destroyer and zipped them out into hyperspace, leaving behind wreckage from the whales crashing into the fleet. Um, so yeah. That was... Uh, I appreciate that background. Um, and that's why they got all excited about seeing the Purgils, because they, they, I guess they associate them with the uh, their, their heroic battle and, and Ezra. That makes sense. Uh, Matt from... Matt from Alberta says, I think the show did a poor job of setting up at least one piece of Sabine's background. Contrary to what is implied, she had a specialization other than artist in the Alliance military. Her contribution to the team was her skill in slicing, what the Star Wars universe refers to hacking, munitions, and sabotage. In other words, she's the perfect person to work with a booby-trapped droid brain. That makes sense. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, she also dyed her hair a lot. It was a different color and or pattern each season. I think ah, that okay, we actually cool. had a conversation, like a random conversation in real life with a Star Wars fan that led us that, that we were talking about that. Uh, and then the final bit I have is about the Padawan braids. You ask a question about what a Padawans do with hairless species. Ahsoka used a length of beads that she attached to her headdress as a braid. It was stripped from her when she was frame, framed for a crime and expelled from the Jedi. She's later exonerated, and Anakin offers her her beads and position back, and she refuses them as a major turning point for her on that show. So hmm. apparently, and this we got, I got a lot of att- attestations of this and feedback. This was just the first one I got. Um, I guess there's an Athorian too that has beads that, but you use beads. All right. To denote your paddle and status. It's like uh, when you go to Jamaica, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get beat it up. Uh-huh. Uh, Chad says, so I've seen all the live action Star Wars content thus far and dabbled in the Clone Wars animated series. And for me, this Ahsoka series is landing somewhere between Obi-Wan and Mando. It's not Andor, but it's better than the Caravan of Courage. Having not seen any <laughs> Rebels <laughs> or oh, paid God. attention to the apparently relevant parts of Clone Wars, I definitely feel like I'm on the outside looking in. The anime mural in the beginning was the most obvious. The introduction to Sabine was a little weak and forced. Ahsoka can solve the Rubik's Cube pillars, but not the Rubik's Quidditch snatch. Snitch, rather. <laughs> Quidditch snatch. Uh, <laughs> that had to be someone's nickname on some Quidditch team on Hogwarts, right? Or at least the American oh, yeah. version of Hogwarts. There's no way <laughs> there wasn't. there hasn't been a Quidditch snatch ever. Uh, she needed Sabine to do the same thing with that ball she did with the pillars. Anyway, I'll watch the rest of the series regardless. Love listening to you guys. Well, that's sweet, Chad. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a lot of people took me like the anime uh, murals. Like, well, that's what it looked like in the cartoon. That's what it looked like in the cartoon. So we don't understand this was a, a drawing that uh, Sabine made in her bunk on the ship or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't look like the Simpsons versions of them in the cartoon, right? It looks recognizably exactly like them. So I'm thinking that as an artist, she probably didn't draw them in an elaborate anime style. I was expecting them to look like an artist would draw them in real life. And I think that when you have that, I mean, I guess if you're a fan of rebels, maybe you really like that kind of fan service. But for me, it just looks like, It'd be the same if you saw like a panel of Luke Skywalker and everybody painted in the Star Wars movie and they were done in the style of like Rick and Morty. Like, what? This is a real... You're porting it to real life, man. Yeah, I I don't know. There are many styles of art and animation and murals. 
I don't I don't know what the big deal is. I don't know why you're so up in arms against this thing, but sure. Okay, it's like if we watch a movie about Doom and like, you know, I don't know, you got you got I don't know, some crazy like Carl Urban, the Doom guy. The Rock. And 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 well, he was the he was the bad Doom guy. Um and and like at some point there's a family photo of him. <laughs> and it's rendered well, in photo, as as in yeah. the art of like of like the doom guy art you know like the like the little mm-hmm, image of the guy's mm-hmm. face that bleeds and takes damage like all the family looks in that like pixel art like it, that's, that's not... a photograph i mean it, it, an artistic interpretation of a thing can look like whatever you want it okay, to look an oil like. painting an oil painting of his family an entire sure. time, and it's it's done in the art at the pixel art style of doom okay apparently that doesn't throw people doesn't throw uh, it me. throws me oh. it throws me like a bronco horse okay that's fine um <laughs> i what do you think about this thing because he, he's right i don't understand why ahsoka could saw could could twist the rubik's cube and match those patterns but not the yeah, i guess I she know. didn't have time before the robots jumped her what else is she doing i mean the robots don't jump her till she until a Savine gets her hands on it and takes it off world, right? Uh, or off ship. She had a nice long time in that chamber too. You know. Yeah, I I don't know why she couldn't. I don't know why she couldn't. Uh Sam from Windsor, Ontario. He says in my YouTube watches I've come across Ezra is an inquisitor as well. Uh so he's on the Ezra is probably the black Sith inquisitor, uh black robe Sith inquisitor. Okay. Uh, but also the character's name, what is it, like Martok or Marok? Marok, yeah. Marok is very close to a playable character from the Star Wars The Force Unleashed video game. The game is not considered canon, but this would be my guess for internet points. Oh, I haven't um, played that whole thing. I started it, but never got through it. It, wow, yeah, it'd be wild for me if they start canonizing video game stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that was always, to me, the lowest level of canon. Like, you start oh, quoting yeah. video game stuff, like, come on, come on. Not even a comic book? Not even a not? We're talking video games? Although I could do with a dash, Rendar. I could do with a little bit of Shadows of the Empire. Shizor? Are they going to bring Shizor back ever, you think? I don't know. Um... Yeah, I could use. I, I'm trying to think of the EU. I'd be expect. Um, I like Kyle Katarn. If you're going to go video game stuff, like, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm against. Like, but he's so old. Like Kyle Katarn is like that's yeah. that's all Gen X bullshit that no one cares about anymore. You know what was a really formative experience I had this week? I was watching on YouTube. Um, a YouTube short recommended me this uh, podcast where three I don't know early twenties guys were sitting around. And they were kind of talking old trilogy, new trilogy, prequel trilogy. And one of the kids said that no one watches the old trilogy for any reason other than nostalgia, that they just do not work as movies. They're so old. The effects are so bad. They're so hokey and tropey that no one can will, would watch willingly sit down and watch those movies over the prequels or the sequels, including Empire. And like one guy was like, you know, like this, you're fucking crazy. But the other guy was kind of like in the middle, taken aside. I think there are mm-hmm. people walking around that just are not going to consider the old trilogy as anything. Oh and yeah, that those blows my mind. Exist. It blows my mind. Yeah, I wonder what the ratio is of people. Because like I, look, I watch a lot of 
very bad movies from the 80s with terrible effects that uh-huh. are I'm not watching them because of nostalgia. I just watched Trancers the other day. I've not seen Trancers. It's a piece of shit, but it starred Helen Hunt, so I was curious. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is all right. I, and, and I I enjoyed watching it. It has terrible effects, but it's if it were as good of a movie as Star Wars is, it would have been an enjoyable watch. It's not. Yeah, I mean... I can almost see where people are at with a new hope because there are some really scenes that don't hold up well, especially if you're looking at the the original versions. But man, I just it's genuinely shocking that people wouldn't watch Empire Strikes Back and Jedi and be like, oh, these are fucking dated. Oh, these are so, so old. And so one of the things I remember about my experience as a young man with Star Wars was all the gap filling you did, all the head cannon you came mm. up with, because mm. I think there are a lot of holes in those movies. Um, yeah. And they just got worse as Lucas kept adding on to them. And that was like part of the fun of it. So that's definitely a nostalgia thing for me as I look back at those movies and I say, well, you know, this mistake here means that this happened and that happened. And so I've got this head cannon built up over years. If you're going into that movie fresh, you as an adult you would notice all those holes and you'd be like well mm. this is kind of shitty you know but overall i, that, I think I do they probably wish, hold up pretty well i do wish i could mind flash myself and watch the first yeah trilogy and see if like do i do, do you really because some of those holes are like only holes when you thought about the movie for a while you sure. know it's like when you, you gotta be pretty far off huffing star wars farts before you get to like oh obi-wan says the stormtroopers uh blasters are so precise yeah, but yeah. they can't hit the broadside war you got you have to watch the movie 30 40 times before you start having those thoughts i think but maybe not maybe not i i would say movie watchers nowadays are more sophisticated than a lot of people were in 77 right um I don't know that that's true. I feel like it was getting true, and then cell phones came out, and now I think <laughs> that's might, just yeah. it might have really backslid. bringing down the, uh, the 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 literary IQ of people. Because I don't know how many Reddit threads I've seen derailed by people who just are not watching the episode. Yeah, yeah. like you, I'm sorry you were catching up with with whatever Tommy was posting on Twitter and Facebook and whatever, watching TikTok, but that's mm-hmm. that was shit was addressed, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, I'd be uh, curious to see what someone who's new to those movies thinks of them because yeah. I can't view them through anything but my yeah. my own personal lens, which, yes, has a lot of nostalgia in there and has a lot of headcanon. Yeah. And like I said, I, I don't know. There's... um. I feel like there's like five year olds walking around right now that are going to worship the sequel trilogy and mm-hmm. just bust all the balls of the Gen Xers and millennials that are fighting about the the shitty oh. prequel versus o- o- original trilogy. They're just yes. like, I mean, it already happened with the prequels, right? Now you've got a whole generation uh, of people who grew up with those and are like, actually, they're great. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. No, those are pieces of shit. Also, get ready because the Last Jedi is going to be hailed as something amazing that everyone sure. loves. 15 sure. years from now and you're going to start just with as pissed our, off as we are right now it's going to start with our slash sequel tr- memes and your first uh-huh. is going to be ah ha ha yeah okay we it's 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 pretty it's pretty fun and, and then, then it's, it's, it's going to be who's cooler snoke or palpatine right mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. yeah yeah get ready um 
let's see. Steven says, I know you guys touched on this with uh, while covering Mando, but are droids sentient? Some are treated like humans, others like pets, like Chopper. Some are slaves and some as spare parts. While they scan one of the droids' corpses for information, I was very confused. Is there an official policy in the universe? The droid war should be the next trilogy. They're clearly property. I mean, that's kind of a universal, right? They're property. There's very rare exceptions. Um, like, I don't think Luke Skywalker sees C-3PO and R2-D2 as property anymore, but the Empire did, and his father, or his uncle, did. And Han Solo might. Han Solo probably does, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, down at the very uh-huh. end, he might just be like... Uh, I, here, I, what you said about the Droid Wars trilogy, that's actually really exciting, because I can think of many, many, many giant science fiction series that allude to a droid war, or a robot war, or a robot rebellion. Right yeah, Foundation, uh, Dune, Warhammer 40K. Uh, they all have this theme, but like none the of Matrix. them ever show it. The Matrix. None of the Terminator. But none of them ever show it. It's always like at the most you get, mm-hmm. might get two minutes of a post-apocalyptic chrome robot porn to kick off a Terminator, and then it's back to the, the present day. It's the, the, the Star Wars canon is starting to touch on the fact that droids themselves think this is bullshit. And there's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that would be a very cool idea. Like, it, especially if they do something wild, like R2-D2 is leading the 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 droid resistance. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right? Like, so, like, uh-huh. like a really well-known canonical droid is like well up on the rebel side of the re- star. And I think and that would be... still dragging C-3PO around through the droid wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would love that. Well, they're legally married at this point. But I think <laughs> I, I think it would be <laughs> they're the Bell the Rios and Glaywin of, of Star Wars. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh-huh. Last Foundation reference. Um I did that would be a really because like honestly that would be a that would be a really awesome direction for Star Wars to take. It could be if they could do and it seriously, also, right? Especially if the robots could like go into like we're also sick of being excluded like the treat like second class citizens. So we don't have a connection to the force. Oh, it binds and stuff all living things, and we're not alive, so we we're left out of all the religion. And I think there's a lot of interesting philosophical things you could explore and it would just it's a cool it's a cool idea it's a cool fucking idea mm-hmm. although i guess you yeah. could argue the clone wars is kind of already actually the robot wars uh not really i mean those were those were clones that were being used for evil purposes they weren't yeah. looking for recognition as sentient beings but I think, yeah, I think that there are some dro- I don't, I think the droids can be created sentient. They have that technology and they choose that some droids don't. I mean, like, I don't know that I would call the Mark 1, Mod 1 battle droid sentient. Sure. Um, I don't know I'd call, like, the gunk power droid sentient. I don't know why you'd make a gunk power droid sentient. Because um, mm-hmm. you can, <laughs> it's also like you can get into I have no mouth but I must scream territories. Like, imagine making a binary load lifter or a moisture evaporator sentient. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that to a being? But that's a great like idea. The, the the squeaky edges, right? Like a general Grievous. Where does he fit in? Like he's more machine than man. And he's Anakin like Darth, Skywalker. Yeah. Darth you know, Vader. How, yeah. how much machine can you be before you identify with the machines themselves? That would be really cool. Do you have like uh, like uh, the double agents, like Lobot and Darth <laughs> yeah, Vader yeah. And, and General mm-hmm. Grievous? Yeah, the 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 cyborgs. Sure. 
Um, but I think that, that I think Stephen that they have this contradiction they just never dealt with, which that our droids are sentient and they are second class entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, uh, that'd be a cool area to explore. Connor says, while I wouldn't be shocked if Marok is Ezra, I'm not sure how that would work. The Purgils, uh jump them really far away, and that's why they need the nine hyperdrives to go to the Thrawn. I think it's seven. Isn't it seven? Maybe it's nine. It could be 50. I don't know. Right. It's an arbitrary number. Yeah. Filoni's like, uh, what's a big number, but it's not like impossible? I can't say a million. There probably weren't that many <laughs> Superstar Destroyers. Uh-huh. How about nine? I like it. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm not sure how he'd be able to get back himself, especially if they're on the same side. Well, I think you just answered your own question. Was this guy like crash landed, lost his memory? All he knows is he's on this dark side planet surrounded by whales and he uses his affinity that he's already used once to get there to to, to migrate back. And then he gets yeah. he crash lands on the Dathomir and the witches take him in and. I don't know. I, I it's I, I for I, sure there's there's a way back for him, right? He's the guy who controls it. So yes, he's got the whales with his little yeah. Aquaman whistle. So that's how you get back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Connor also says you're going to love Chopper. He's one of the funniest characters in Star Wars, and fun fact, one of the deadliest. He has five, fifty thousand <laughs> confirmed kills, making him in the top Jesus. twenty of the universe. He had to blow up a super weapon, right? It had to a Star Destroyer something because. And Although, I want to see the scene where he kills 50,000 people hand to hand. That's what I want. It really tickles me that they're on the other galaxy that that Grand Admiral Thrawn is having a hollow conversation with Darth Swanson and the Witch of Dathomir. And he's like, you don't understand Chopper. He killed so many of my friends and family. He's <laughs> he a boss to get back for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chopper is the Thrawn of the, the Imperial mm-hmm. Universe. Uh, Steven says, Good day, gentlemen. I was listening to your Ahsoka podcast and couldn't help but notice that Aaron had a bone to pick with Filoni and, on what is canon and what is not. I think you've got a bit of a bone, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're something That's... of a bone picker yourself. I am. Been known to pick a bone or two. I was made aware through a Star Wars-specific podcast that Filoni was saddened that all the books were turned into legends, thus making them non-canon. So when Disney tapped him to be executive producer on most of the Star Wars, uh, Disney Star Wars shows, he wanted to re-canonize the books he found were a particular interest in the lore and make them canon once more. Not mistaken, he mentioned that the Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy are some of the fa- his favorites that he really wanted to bring them back into the canon, uh, which is why he made Thrawn the major antagonist of the series subsequently making Thrawn a canon character again. So I think he agrees with you that Thrawn is a badass. I hope knowing this gets you to cut Filoni a little slack to see what he's working to undo Disney's decision to make all the books non-canonical. Canonical. Uh, What's your response to this? Because I've got a thought. Do not neglect your training. We'll be right back. Let's see what knowledge is lurking inside this podcast. Here's more Tribe of Two. Um, so I, th- there's a link at the end of that, and I read it, and it's there, there's not much substance there. It's more like a, a quote from Filoni that makes it seem like, yeah, he does care. And then a lot I saw of exposition long, from the article. I saw a long-form interview with him on a Star Wars podcast. Did you? Um, okay. Where he was talking about... 
I guess he had a talk with George when he's working on Rebels and, and Clone Wars and just starting the experience. And he's asking George, it's like, you know, what's canon? And what's this? What that? And George is like, oh, yeah. you know, it's the movies and uh, the television shows. Which at that time, I think was literally just Car- uh, Caravan of Courage. And Filoni's like, damn. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my, my opinion on this is that's great if he wants to do that. Uh, it's not about doing it. It's about how you do it. And I, I, I think it needs to be done a little bit better than it has been. Um, the year is 2053 and alpha filmmaker gave Poloni is saddened by Disney's recent decision to decanonize the prequel films. And he's so sad that some of those classic characters are going to escape. So he's bringing General Grievous back. But the deal is, is he is now a cyborg made out of spare parts of Darth Maul. Okay. If you're a prequel fan, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? (laughs) That's not that big of a change. He's still a cyborg he's in. He's got the forearms and Mm -hmm. maybe he's got a little force. He's cooler. He's a better version of General Grievous. And Maul's backstory is a lot more fun anyway. I mean, if you either you're either pissing blood now just at the idea of it or you're like, that sounds cool. And then you probably don't have a problem with any of that. But like my problem is multifaceted. Number one. I don't know. Like I, they, they they got these zombie characters who are like they're wearing the faces and 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 skins of the people I'm familiar with, but I don't know if their backstory is the same. I don't know if their canon history is the same. And you can kind of do that when you reboot universes. Like it's fine to do a dark, gritty Batman if you've done Adam West Batman for a while. Um, it's it's fine to explore like a depressed, unpatriotic Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. But what Star Wars is trying to do is like do it all in the same canon timeline. Yeah. And that's what's really tripping me is that like I've got this multi-dimensional view of like Grand Admiral Thrawn if they bring things like Mara Jade back or like Luke Skywalker. Like Luke Skywalker sure. is both the guy who I knew from the EU and he's also the old depressed monk that almost gave it all up in the sequel films. And mm-hmm. it gets really weird when like cuz like I knew more about Star Wars than I knew about anything growing up. Like yeah. it was a singular point of focus for me. Mm-hmm. And like what am I supposed to do with all that shit? that's been remixed and jukeboxed and gonna wipe your brain and 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 what's really funny is like imagine it being that and and you're you're a prequel fan and you're arguing with uh sequel fans about the canon history of darth maul and they're saying that you're dumb and stupid because you don't know anything right in, I, in I don't 2053 yeah 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 like i it's like that's that's the other thing it's where it's or or they're like you hate the sequels and they had a whole successful com they had a whole successful anime series based on the sequels and right. now to enjoy modern star wars you have these people saying well it's the reason you don't appreciate it is because you got to go back and watch all seven seasons of fucking finn and poe mm-hmm. and and no, if you don't all of this then, comes down to honestly it's jedi syndrome uh i i think it's one of the biggest problems i have with star wars right now is there's too much of it i i think when you make so much of this you take away what was special about it to begin with the the look i was born into a time when star wars 
was three movies you know uh-huh. you can safely ignore all of the ewok shit right uh everyone did it, it was three movies i could sit down in one day and in, and i could take in everything that is star wars and i could get my brain around it and i could understand it intimately mm-hmm. and i think at this point there's just so much star wars and it's like you said so convoluted with this uh legend stuff that now it's impossible to be a fan of all of star wars because there's just too much of it yeah and it, it cheapens the experience of being a fan of a franchise i think yeah it's weird because it, it, that was it, always it, the big extreme like because i was a star trek and star wars fan is the problem it divides people it's like i'm a fan of this part of star wars i'm a fan of this other part of star wars because like star wars fans always argued mm. amongst themselves like what was who was cooler or whatever but everybody loved all of star wars yeah. back in the 90s yeah and now that's certainly not true and started it's with so funny. prequels because growing up, like I was a Star Trek fan and a Star Wars fan. And the thing about Star Wars is, like you said, it's like you watch the three movies, maybe you read a novel or two in, in, in later days. But like you could know everything there was sure. about being a star. Star Trek. Holy shit. There was an yeah. animated series. There was the, the old 60s series. There was the movies. There was TNG. There was Deep Space DS9, Nine. Voyager. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of stuff before you could consider mm-hmm. yourself like a super fan of that series. Right. Sure. And now Star Wars is like, and and that's the thing. It's like, well, Star Wars is not as much, but it's superior quality. Whereas Trek is like, there's a lot of it, yeah. but it's not. Now, like Star Wars is kind of the same as Star Trek. There's vast swaths of it that are just a waste of fucking time, and nobody's going to go back and watch. Probably your average yeah. fan is not, and it's it is fractured, and it's, it, it's, it's fracturing exactly way everyone. It's fractioning exactly what his Trek fandom was yep. when, like, Next Generation came back. Like, oh, these aren't arcade. It's so some of that was inevitable, but, like, the Next Generation had the benefit of eventually becoming good. Whereas we're mm-hmm. 10 years in in this fucking Star Wars experiment, and there's still no universal idea of what the fuck canon is, what is the mainline Star Wars what is going on in the galaxy the galaxy you know there's they're they're not taking the story further they're still stay, staying in this re- kind of like pre uh the the, the rebel f- uh, phase um i feel like i like the the older way of handling franchises where you just reboot them you yeah. you say okay the old stuff is the old stuff now we're doing something entirely new based on the, on the old stuff and we're going to update the visuals we're going to update the story just a little bit and so you can kind of safely ignore the old stuff in favor of the new stuff because there's almost a one-to-one match there. And we said it, it's ahead. like Battlestar Galactica, right? Battlestar Galactica, yes. they didn't. Well, they tried to do this with Battlestar Galactica with like Caprica and all these other uh, Colonial One things. But Battlestar Galactica, you could be a fan of the old stuff, you could be a fan of the new stuff, but they were kind of very similar, you know. Um, I feel like there were generations of people who liked Battlestar Galactica the way that it was meant to be appreciated, whereas now there are, like, even within generations, there are people who don't like certain aspects of Star Wars and do like other aspects of it. Yeah. You can't find just, like, oh, here's a new generation of Battlestar Galactica fans. Here's a new generation of Star Wars fans. That doesn't exist because there's so much Star Wars. And especially since it's like widely variable quality, because it's not yes. like, oh, I don't like the book of Boba Fett because I'm just not into the bounty hunter stuff. And that's just not, you know, it's just like I want to be in the book of Boba Fett, but it sucks. Mm-hmm. And I would I actually think getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi series with Ewan McGregor is fucking hot. 
and i would be uh-huh. very interested in watching that but it sucks <laughs> but it sucks and then there's also the well i'm just not into the cartoon stuff you know so there's also that element yeah there's just too yeah. many ways to be too many ways to be a star wars fan because they're trying to be everything to everyone and so there'll be nothing to some people right mm. yeah yeah it, we've lost the cult religion status and now we just fragmented in sectarianism you got the yeah and first it's diminished church, everybody's first fandom. church of the whole holy trilogy you got the uh second uh prequel uh <laughs> revival uh-huh. movement you've got and the unitarians that no, uh you know say that um you know it's cool the Pal- palpatine returns somehow mm-hmm I don't know. Um, just my my vague feeling on the thing. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out where I sit as a Star Wars fan because I don't hate some of this new stuff. I just but wish it's it was also better. very confusing to the fandom. And I just wish it was. I just think. And Me I too. think. I, I and I think Star Wars and example. Marvel fans because this is all. This is all going back to Disney. Disney's mm-hmm. reach has exceeded its grasp, and yep. we're paying the price because I think every even no matter how ardent the Marvel fan you are, Star Wars fan, I think we can all agree we wish secret war was a little bit or secret invasion was was better right it wasn't shit we, we i think we 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 wish the book of boba fett wasn't shit uh oh, we wish sure. that obi obi-wan kenobi wasn't wasn't terrible um mm-hmm. you know we we want these things to succeed uh and they're just not because they're not caring about doing it at high quality i mean even now if you think Favreau and Filoni are the saviors we're you know we're again 10 years into this fucking experiment why did it take so long to find that successful strategy but I don't know I'm with you I it's not that I don't like Star Wars anymore it's just I I just none of this this stuff is kind of boring and not good so yeah and you got you got standouts for sure I mean I love Andor so and they Mando gets done. there, and I think this show can get there. They've got all the things they need. Like, honestly, having a strong central cast and characters is one of the hardest things to do. I think they've got that. But Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, get the Star Wars constipation is strong in this one. I, show me <laughs> something I haven't seen before in Star Wars. That's also, if it's not too much to ask, not patently ridiculous. Um, so here's here's another thing I feel like we've lost from the original Star Wars. Yeah. The, the adult humor and and I don't mean I, I, I don't what I mean is like tell a joke that an adult can appreciate that isn't yes. you know a droid family and around being stupid you know like mm. George Lucas fucked that entire thing up with someone stepping in dog shit and, and that has the been balls. the tone for the for the past 30 years yeah almost 25 years get out of that mode let's 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 have a han solo character who can quip who can mm. actually say something that an adult will appreciate in a wry way yeah because that's the one thing andor doesn't have a lot of it doesn't have nah, that humor. humor no yeah not a not funny a show <laughs> no uh let's move on to drew uh, who's got some kyber crystal knowledge for us. The Sith duo, if you've noticed, and he puts in Sith in quotes, has orange lightsabers. You can notice the distinction in how Marek's saber is much more red compared to theirs. Uh, I haven't... I hmm. noticed that I okay. thought the Jedi looked different, and I was I wondered if they changed the lightsaber effect a little bit. But I didn't notice past that opening scene, okay. so I think what I noticed is their weird color. 
Um, new canon states that to get a red lightsaber crystal, you have to corrupt and bleed a regular Jedi lightsaber, putting all of your hate into it. So we weren't wrong when we were speculating yeah. about you yeah. got to corrupt it. So the orange lightsaber is a bit of a mystery since it's between red and yellow. In old canon, it sometimes con- uh, connotates uh, that a user is a gray Jedi. Maybe the Sith do only minorly corrupted their sabers. Fun fact, Ahsoka's sabers are white because she defeated an Inquisitor and purified their crystal, making the Kyber crystal white. Hmm. So, let me ask you this. Because this is another thing. I I was watching a lot of Star Wars commentary, um, checking out some of the competition, and apparently the idea of Grey Jedi is not a lot of people's favorites. How how do you feel about the idea of Grey Jedi? Like a Kyle Katarn type. I, he might force choke a bitch. He might force lightning a motherfucker. But ultimately... Look, there are two ways to balance the force, right? You can have extremely dark and extremely light Jedi. That'll balance it. Or you can have a bunch of them in the middle. That's balanced too. I, I don't have a problem with Grey Jedi. I, I think like... Look, if the temptation is so strong to the dark side then of course there are going to be people who are like halfway there but resisting it. I mean, maybe if you object to them calling themselves Jedi, that's fine. Sure, but like, sure. I think disillusioned Jedi that have left the, the faith and have added a little bit of love and anger to their emotional repertoire and then they might have mm-hmm. some force lightning and they might like, like Luke, Luke Skywalker force choked a bitch canonically in Return of the Jedi and and then he was wearing all black and turns out he wasn't evil so it's like I, I think yeah I think they're I mean first of all there's huge rooms for other non-Jedi non-Sith force traditions which you know they're getting into with the death the witches and all that stuff that's very cool I'd like to see more of that please but also yeah I don't understand why people like oh it's got to be Jedi or Sith that's the whole point I mean I guess I just like every what do you Jedi call yourself that when decides... you're on the way to corruption by the dark side, a renegade Jedi. I was, I, I like the idea of like renegade Jedi's and dark Jedi's and that are not full Sith, but they're just like you know they're they're they've given in mm-hmm. to selfishness or acquisition of power and wealth or whatever Darth Swanson's deal is. So I don't know. I just because uh, I always thought that was an inherently cool concept, and it I never made sense to me. It's like, well, why? is force lightning evil and it's like well it's only for attack and not defense well what if you have to like neutralize this crowd of stormtroopers that are butchering a bunch of civilians you just bathe them with force lightning and suddenly you're evil I, I don't know mm-hmm. anyway uh, Drew says I've always pre- wanted to say I've always appreciated your coverage of these shows and your unshakable integrity to never watch any cartoons we now have a blood oath if you listen to this podcast and you haven't already, you have to refuse to give in to the temptation of watching Rebels and Clone Wars. We will find out, uh, and we will unsubscribe you from our podcast remotely. It's, we have it's that an opt out blood oath. It's an opt out yeah. blood oath. You have to specifically write into us and tell us you don't you accept do. the blood oath. Yeah, you do. If you see an Imperial droid bobbling outside your window, it's because he's unsubscribing your podcast. It's quite irrevocable. <laughs> <laughs> we have the finest slicers working for us. Um, I'm a big fan of all Star Wars made past 2000, so your view as older fans have made me think more objectively if these shows are actually any good. I'm 23 and have grown up in a generation that loves the prequels, both Clone Wars TV shows, Rebels, and the good live-action Disney shows. Hearing Aaron's thoughts on how he doesn't enjoy them, using Air to the Empire as a big name drop to appease old fans made me put myself in your shoes. 
if I was in my mid 40s and a new shoe came out that would use the name drop of Clone Wars and just cherry pick. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the thought experiment we just went through. Mm-hmm. Um, these live action shows always fascinate me because they bring up the age old questions of how new or casual viewers of fandom jump into new or spinoff series without the unnecessary backstory or comprehension of lore. For example, I've only recently watched the newest uh, Star Trek movies. Would you recommend me to jump into Strange New Worlds? I've heard good things, but my lack of understanding of the lore makes me hesitant to invest the time. And this is how I imagine you view Ahsoka as well. Uh, it's funny because, like, I think Strange New Worlds is a particularly good point to jump into the Star Trek canon. Totally. Because it's kind of like a prequel to the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Spock and Vulcans at all, you are ready to enjoy the series. Um, yeah. And maybe Ahsoka, because like people said that. It's like, well, you're jumping in Ahsoka's Rebel Season 8. So what are you expecting? But again, I might maintain if they if they wanted this to be Rebel Season Eight, they should have called it Rebel Season Eight, and then I would have known not to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ahsoka means they are building those, and I, I I don't I don't have any problems. Like none of the things they've done um, from the backstory. When people tell me, it's like I appreciate the extra detail, but I was never like, oh fuck, I had no idea what was going on. You know, it's like the Book of Boba Fett being Mandalorian season one point two point five. Like it's, yeah. You know, Mando if you season want it all two is somehow Ahsoka season zero point one. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah. It's they've kind of really messed that stuff up. Well, the thing the thing is is like I and this is the thing that I worried about with the Disney Plus of everything. I really worried that they'd be making so much stuff that it would no longer feel like must see things like the one or two Marvel movies that came out. If you were a nerd felt like kind of must see events you wanted mm-hmm. to get that you wanted to see them opening night because you didn't want to get split. This star Wars and Marvel stuff on the television has never felt that way to me from the jump. They always felt like, and and you can kind of feel like, ah, uh, there's this one thing we got to get Julie Louis Dreyfus into the universe. So this 15 minutes of this Captain America Falcon shit's important. And then everything else is just kind of clearing our throat. <laughs> Why are we waiting for the use these characters for the next movie? Right. And Star Wars is that except for they don't even have a larger overarching universe that feels cohesive that they're trying to pl- work towards. Yeah. And they're kind of really in a way it's becoming everything is becoming must see because, you know, as much as Book of Boba Fett is season 2.5 of Mandalorian Mandalorian season 3 is also season 1.5 of Book of Boba Fett right like you you absolutely have to see the Book of Boba Fett to get some of what's happening in Mandalorian season 3 I don't know if you have to but it's a damn shame that those two episodes are the corn kernels and the biggest densest toughest turd that you can possibly imagine uh, <laughs> right so so I, I feel like they're they're trying to make it must see TV and I guess in some ways they're succeeding. It's just that I don't care to watch all of it. That's so what I'm saying. Like must, my experience. Must see isn't like a homework assignment that like if you miss this lecture, that lecture. It's supposed must to be an excitement means level. Like yeah. you were like appointment. Like it's so good that you can't mm-hmm. wait until seeing the next thing. This is and only homework Andor television. That. This this is assignment television. Uh huh. <laughs> not 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 must see television. 
Uh, finally, we have Kurt, who says, in support of Aaron's point about lightsaber wounds and to Jim's comment about being cut in half being a bit more difficult to survive, don't forget the ball Darth Maul was canonically sliced in half by oh, Obi-Wan before being miraculously resurrected by Filoni during the Clone Wars series and lived on through several great arcs during that series. The Rebel oh, Show heard. and a blink and you'll miss a cameo in the Solo movie. I did not blink mm-hmm. and I did not miss that one. Mm-hmm. Um... That's yeah. That's the thing. It's like some and some of these people that were complaining about the lightsaber through the gut are Clone Wars fans. Did you just hate Darth Spider Maul? I mean, I can understand that <laughs> cutting a man in half and then having him come back as a spider seems pretty stupid. Cutting a man in half and you throwing him to the bottom cartoons. of a reactor core on a hostile uh-huh. enemy world—it uh-huh. <laughs> seems pretty stupid. But Sabine can't take a saber, saber through her appendix and, mm-hmm. you know. That seems survivable to me. Be within sight of a New Republic city with resources. And yeah, I, I thought so too. But mm-hmm. uh, that's it. That's it for Ahsoka this week. We're closing the mailbag. StarWarsAboldMove.com if you'd like to get your licks in. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back for next week to see if... Um, uh, you know they can uh, they move the plot a little bit further uh, this time if you like to keep up with all the other things we're doing we mentioned Justified we're fa- uh, wrapping up this series that series this week we're in the middle of a really excellent second season of Foundation again if you're a science fiction fan oh boy I think you'll you'll really like you'll really like Foundation we're getting ready yeah, for Daryl they cut Jared walk- Harris in half and bring him back as they a spider threw him down a reactor well it's insane <laughs> uh the- what was I? Oh, you derailed me. Oh, sorry. We got the Daryl uh, the, the Dixon Walking Dead coming up. We got uh, Fargo later in the season. Season what? Season five now. Um, and I know I'm leaving off at least. Oh, Loki. Speaking yep. of Di- uh, Disney Marvel television, I like. I mm-hmm. uh, saw the trailer of that. That looks really good. Disney or uh, Loki season two. If you want to follow everything that we're doing, social media is your best friend. Pick one. Your favorite one. At Bald Move. We're there. Unless it's TikTok. I lied. We're at Baldest Move there. Uh, finally, if you'd like to support us, support.baldmove.com. It's how you uh, join join the club and get ad-free feeds and tons of other bonus audio video content. That's it for the week. We'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.